sound with the boys catching up in a neon light. Didn't know till we walked in, it was karaoke night. She was in a circle of girls chasing a shot with a line. She was laughing, they were daring her to get on the mic. One of them walked up and turned in her name. Next thing I knew, man, she was up on the stage singing Heads Carolina, Tales California. Maybe she'd fall for a boy from South Georgia. She's got the bar in the palm of her hand. And she's a 90s country fan like I am. Hey, I got a Chevy. She can flip a quarter. I'd drive her anywhere from here to California when this song is over. I You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We have the last free agent has signed. Well, two free agents have signed. The others, we really don't care about. We just want to get through this, and then our next couple of shows are going to be our preseason to predictions. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, for the talent of this podcast, <laughs> Ben Stewart. Ben. It's been a long time. Uh, I think, when was our last episode? End of July? Mid-July? I, I honestly don't even know. Yeah, so that was after the frenzy of signings and we we're going over all that stuff. I'm like, you know what? Next week we'll record after Kadri signs. And then you and I basically made like an unspoken agreement. Like, there's no point in recording until Kadri it's off the board because that's going to impact a lot of shit. And then, and then he, we thought he was going to the Islanders, yeah, but then, then he wasn't. And then he waits all the way until mid-August to sign. Um, so that kind of held things up. But it was a dead of, dead of summer anyway. Nothing's going on in a hockey world. Who gives you shit? If you guys were complaining that over the month of August you didn't have a 2, 5, and 10 episode, I love you, but you got to get out more. I was going to say, go, go to the lake. Go to the lake <laughs> like the players do. Recharge the battery a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're back. We're going to have a quick... I say quick. We always fill an hour. Um, you always say quick, yeah. We have the Kadri and Klingberg news, and then we'll recap the summer that our boys had in Boston and New York. Um, kind of laid a groundwork for, like you said, the next few episodes are just going to be weekly by division uh, predictions, awards, all that stuff, and then we'll have one big season preview where we pick playoff teams, the cup, major awards, and all that fun stuff. And and we just go from there. Yeah, why, why, I'm looking at my sorry, I'm looking at my keys and my bottle opener and my key thing are like stuck together. This is not a good look. How am I supposed to open a beer like this, man? This is not a good start. Just crack all the right. top over the table. That'll that'll go good. All right, we're open. We're in business. So that's that's the equivalent of getting a fourth line out there to get roll all four lines in the first period. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, having yeah, to evolved. find a better bottle opener. Just not a good start. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's start off with Kadri uh, signing a seven-year, $49 million deal with the Calgary Flames, including a set an $11 million signing bonus. So after all the back and forth, the rumors, going back to Colorado, going to the Islanders, uh, a dark horse team, he goes to Calgary, 
and only takes home seven mil AAV. I think that's an incredible signing for Calgary, at least in the short term. Like all these seven, eight year deals are going to age poorly, um, especially for a guy who's in his early 30s already. But you're not paying for the last two years of the deal. You're paying for the first two or three. What are your thoughts? I like it. I mean, I, I thought Nas had a great year last year. I, I think he goes to a Calgary Flames team where a month ago we didn't know what to expect of him, and now they signed Huberdeau long-term. They signed Kadri long-term. I, I think they're even when the others left, they're staying the course and giving the fans and the, the team exactly what it needs. Uh, as for the deal, yeah, seven, seven a year for seven years. And, yeah, front-loaded with signing bonuses the first five years, and then the last two years is just strictly base salary. I think it's a fair deal. I mean, maybe he's 31, so he'll probably be 38, 39 by the end of it. I think that's fine. Calgary gets out of it at a good time. And if worse comes to worse and Nas falls off, they can buy out the last two years and 27, 28, and 28, 29. And that's when the cap's going to be massively higher. Exactly. So, I mean, for them, it doesn't matter. And if he stays consistent, even better for them. Um, as for what he's going to go in and play with, I mean, you got Huberdo, you got Mangiapane, you still have Backlund there. And then there's still Toffoli, there's Lindholm. I mean, I'm not referencing Lucic because I, I don't think Luch's game is, is up front there as much. They, they still have Blake Coleman. Like, I, I think this is a very good lineup up in Calgary. And Kadri helps replace what Kachuk brought. Oh, yeah, just the, the nastiness, just being a prick to play against. I mean, this is the first time ever Nazem Kadri had a full playoff under his belt. Yeah. And the thing with Kadri is not only does it help replace uh, some production loss with uh, Kachuk being gone, welcome to New York City in the background. I, I was going to say, every week, every week there's a cop car and an ambulance going by there. Can you, like, clean up the city or something there, Batman? That's going to take far too long of my time. Oh, come on. Um, that's And it's not even that it's a bad area. I live five minutes from the uh, biggest hospital in Queens, so that's the issue. Anyway. Why do you got to bring up Queens? For, why do you got to bring up the Queen? That's, that's no sense. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, the other thing I really like about the signing is it pushes Backlund to 3C, which is where he fits better than 2C, where he played a lot of time last year. And I think it extends the window. You know, when Kachuk was gone and uh, all that stuff, it was just like, Calgary, are they going to rebuild? Like, what's the point? They should start shipping some guys off that are getting expensive. They get out of the Moynihan deal. They bring in Kadri. They make the trade of Florida. They bring in Huberdeau uh, and Uyghur. I think they're right back and rolling here. So I think the real underrated signing is Kevin Rooney, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that it really solidifies them on that back end for that uh, fourth line role there. But yeah, I mean, they got a little bit older because of Kachuk being so young and being a superstar in the league already. But you're going from a Calgary team that finished first in the division to a team that is still, in my eyes, headed and shoulders above every other team in that division. So, oh, I, I don't think that's close, especially in that division there. Like, where they I, were... At I will say, I, I think... Oh, yeah, I mean... It, 
I think that division is like sneaky competitive, though. Like, I think it's sneaky horseshit. Like everybody's still sucking Vegas off. I think they're terrible, especially with Leonard being out. Like they traded oh, Eden Hill, but who gives a shit? I think Anaheim got significantly better. I think Edmonton is still where they were. L.A. is a playoff team last year. I think they're going to have it. A- I think Seattle is better. Vancouver finally figured out the J.T. Miller situation. Yeah, but when I you think- say better, right? Yeah. That's a very low bar to clear for Seattle. Like Them being better is still not even close to a playoff team. So I still think they're garbage. I mean, I don't know about that. You, you I, I, I mean that. For a playoff spot. I'm just saying, if you look at this lineup, uh, realistically, you have Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, Andre Barakovsky, Bjornstand, Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, Wenberg. I'm not really concerned about Don Scoy, Morgan Geeky. I mean, Ryan Donato, if he scores for you, great. If not, I mean, I think Shane Wright and Matthew Berniers here have legitimate chances to be superstars this year to like make a huge jump and then i i think the d needs some work a little bit but i mean alexiak you got the big rig you have him you have larson like in that division you you can't tell me there's not a chance for them to not be a playoff team I'm going to tell you that it's not a chance for them to be a playoff team. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that I think you're uh, – listen, I think you're legitimately underselling or, or, or overthinking it. I mean, look at we where we had Edmonton last year, and they got hot at the right time and got in, but Edmonton was on a massive skid. So Edmonton shits the bet again. Okay. Vancouver, same thing. Vegas is shit compared to you because you're scared of the Leonard thing. So now if Vegas is down, you have so Anaheim, Calgary, LA, and Seattle. Give me the top three teams in the Pacific right now in your mind. Like that one, two, three finish. In my mind, it is going to be Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas. Okay. So then you're saying Seattle as a wildcard team is going to be better than Anaheim, Los Angeles, and then out in the Central Division, yet they have to compete with Minnesota, Dallas, St. Louis. Uh, I'm saying the other way. If do you think I think that they, you don't think they could pop top three in here? No. And how shitty that division is. I don't think. I think they're going to be like you said, better than they were last year. I am much more of a cautious person when it comes to 18 year olds coming in and turning the franchise around, especially guys that aren't elite offensive talents, which Shane Wright and Ben years aren't. And then turning an expansion team that lost 50 plus games last year into a wall. They unloaded so many UFAs right off this roster. And then on the other end, Shane Wright is an elite talent. Let's clarify that right now in the OHL. He's, he's, not Jack elite Hughes. he's not coming in as like a Jack Hughes. He's not coming in as like a franchise center. He's not Patrick Kane talent. He's a. I mean, but you're talking about the fourth, the fourth overall pick of the draft and the year before the second overall pick of the draft. Like you're talking about legitimate talents where you're like, ah, well, they're not as good as I thought they were. But if I drafted a fucking Swede from Russia, 
he's going to be the next guy. Like, come on. Like, like tweet from Russia. There, there, there's legitimate people. Why is she texting me this? Who's this Swede from Russia? Oh, I'm just saying the the way that you guys draft, it is either going to be a Swede or a Russian oh, that no, dude, the Rangers are going to pick. Rangers, dude. It's about oh, no. I'm just saying in general, you, you're downplaying a lot of the people here that are going to be legitimate. Like, I think they have Grubauer and Net. Like, I think this is a team that Grubauer is not that good. I. Uh, what, what we'll have to bet offline. This is like the Detroit Ottawa thing. So like this, this, this is money right here. Here's the thing: if Seattle makes the playoffs this year, you're getting a Kraken tattoo, dude. Let me explain my thought here. Calm down. So you're not getting the tattoo. Shane Wright, I'm not saying isn't a really good prospect, but when you compare him to other top five picks, the reason why he dropped to number four, he was supposed to be first overall is he's not a game-breaking talent. They say all of his projections are Jonathan Taves in, in terms of, like, all, he's an all-around center. He's not going to be a game-breaking offensive center that a lot of people are used to. Same with Ben Ears. So I'm not... Those type of guys, track record-wise, don't come in as 18-year-olds and carry a franchise. Over the course of his career... He might be one of the best top 10 centers in the entire sport. But next year at 18, he's not carrying Seattle over St. Louis, over Dallas, over Minnesota, over Edmonton, over Vancouver, over Vegas. Like, it's just too much of a hill to climb. He'll go over Vancouver. Colorado. I'll, I will bet you. You get, three, you get three in the Central. You get three in the Pacific. And I'm going there. they get they get the last wild card spot. I, I bet you five hundred bucks that Seattle doesn't make the playoffs. Why do we got to do that? Why can't you just get the tattoo? Okay, then if they don't make the playoffs, what are you getting? I haven't decided just yet. I mean, I, I could give you a steak dinner and all that, but I'm still waiting to get uh, paid for my first year of the Ottawa Detroit thing. So we'll have to figure all this out. So, I, I might just have to put you on layaway like you did me. <laughs> Yeah, the whole COVID thing kind of nailed that down. Um, I'll think of a tattoo for you. Just like you thought of the Kraken tattoo for me. So, Listen, my body's a temple, pal. I, I think you're just... You're you're a big prospect guy. I am. And when it hits this year, you're going to be awfully upset. All right. I mean, I'm just saying... Like, dude, I like Seattle like as an organization. I just do not have... All that you hate favorite. Jordan Eberle. You hate Jordan Eberle. That's Jordan, fine. Jordan Eberle is like an okay player. Um, you hate Jordan Eberle. That's fine. But like when you run through the track record, not everybody's Crosby or McDavid or Dreisaitl that come in at 18 and just like, okay, the entire franchise is turned around. You run into Jack Hughes and Lafreniere's and players like that who are Good players, all star, probably perennial all stars. They might pop off for an MVP year here and there, like a Taylor Hall, but they're not carrying a franchise at 18 because it takes a little bit of time to get going. I'm just saying, on the other end of all that, I, I agree. People take time to develop. These two kids are put into a lineup where their expectation is to play and develop. There's no minor leagues here. There's no anything. These kids are playing where yeah. the other kids were had another year of the OHL. The other kids had 
uh, we can store them here and there, or we'll sign them at the end of the year to play in the like. These kids are going to be getting better every day because they're up with the show, developing. Well, that, I mean, Hughes was, didn't go to the minors or back to juniors last year, didn't? What about Kako? Kako didn't either. I know, but he turned out good. <laughs> I just had to let that one on there. All right. Yeah, how how are your three straight first round picks working out from 2015? They're doing good. Yeah. How many Jake Debrusque is great. Jake, Jake Debrusque is doing great. Thanks yeah. for asking. All right. So that's the thing with 2015, we weren't even recording. I don't know why you're <laughs> so like you're spent on that. So I just don't see anybody challenging Calgary for the division title. Can you, are you okay with saying Seattle won't win a division? I'm okay with saying that. <laughs> um your take on LA, I know we have we'll do a seasonal preview, but LA in terms of their young guys, I thought last year yeah, they, they were a playoff team, but I don't think their young guys really stood out all that much. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, I agree that but well actually I didn't agree with anything with LA. I just said that they were a playoff team last year. So I, I don't think last last year, this year they've gotten better. I, I like Anaheim a lot better than I like them this year. Yeah, I think LA kind of stood too pat like it didn't really I mean, accomplish much this summer and they're at the cap too i mean i do think adding fiala helps them but on the other end i think there's other people there that it's like is it going to be better is it not they're very young on the back end like quentin byfield is should be on this team this year i know he went up and down last year but I still haven't seen anything to be like Quinton Byfield was like that was a great pick for them. Him, same and with Turcotte, dude. Alfie Turcotte, I think, brings a different skill set. I mean, he's supposed to be burying goals. He hasn't done that yet. And one person that has extremely upset me is Gabe Velarde. I thought this kid was already going to be go go go, and he just has not gotten to that point. Yeah, yet. so many injuries too, which sucked. Yeah, I mean, th- their back end needs work. I don't like the back. On you, dude. <laughs> Thank God for them. Um, yeah, I mean, with Doughty on injured reserve, their back ends Matt Roy, Tobias Bjornfoot, Jordan Spence, Jacob Moverare. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Alex Edler, who's 36 and way too old to do it anymore, Sean Dersey, and Michael Anderson. Like, yeah. I like Dersey, but. And in, in quick. I mean, even if they don't go to quick and they go to Peterson, he's. He's also not that great. No, I mean, Cal has been a very consistent goalie in in his future, but I also don't think he's had the chance to possibly grab, you know, the number one by the horns. I think here with Quick being a UFA at the end of the year, I think it gives him a lot more of a chance to finally do that. But, I mean, Peterson is 27 now. Like, he's definitely aged a little bit. So we'll see as to what he actually has if they give him the one or the one a you know um to wrap up the whole cadre thing what does this mean for the islanders see this is my problem with the islanders i like the team last year and they had that horrendous start they never really got out of the gate um the, the whole COVID thing with them then finally getting to play at home like a month and a half into the season I just think some of this lineup is too much at this point. Like Kyle Palmieri at this point, like 
not giving what they thought he was going to give, especially the years prior where he was a deadline acquisition. He would come in and do something. Not there. Anthony Beauvillier needs to be better. J.G. Pajot, I mean, he at least brings it every night, even if he's not scoring or anything like that. Like, he, he competes, right? You get the same out of Anders Lee. What is in store for Matthew Barzell at the end of this year? And then you go to their back end where, I mean, last year we, we saw what happened. That, like, they deal away. Uh, who went to Colorado? Who won the Cup of Colorado? What was his name? The D-man. Oh, Taves. Taves. They, yeah. they, they send Taves out. They keep Pulak and Pelik. That looks like a mistake compared to what they should have kept. I mean, I know they brought in Romanov, but I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not over the moon for them. They have Dobson. They have Mayfield. They have Aho. Like, I'm just not blown away with this team. I think the only thing that could possibly keep them afloat here is Sorokin. And yet again, last year, Two years ago, Sorokin was like, all right, this kid has a future in the NHL. And then last year happened, and you're like, was this the kid that we saw the year before? Did, did, like, did they steal him in Russia, and we got like the other one? So it's just like, I, I just don't know what to expect for this team. Yeah, and the issue for me with the Islanders is it's it's an intangible, but when a team starts feeling stagnant, and like kind of going backwards, it's a hard thing to stop from rolling in terms of like a team mindset. And if I'm on the Islanders, if I'm Matty Barzell, I look at everybody around us. Carolina's still good. They added to their roster. They get Brent Burns. The Rangers are improving. And they have the young guys coming up. You have Pittsburgh who defies farther time every year. The Devils are on paper getting better and developing their young guys. And then the Islanders are like, oh, we tried for Kadri, didn't really work. We tried for this guy, eh, didn't really work. But, you know, we'll have a normal schedule this year. That's what we're banking on. Oh, yeah, we signed Palat. Who cares? Like, so I, I think it's starting to get to the point where I feel like they missed their window. Like, obviously losing to the Lightning, I think. Last year was the last true year they could have had in that window. And, yeah, the early part of the schedule sucked. But I don't think Lou did him any favors from the offseason before, like you said, pointing out some of the moves. And then what happened at the deadline? Like, I know they weren't going anywhere, but you could have kind of moved some pieces around to set themselves up for this year. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, for example, I look at, like, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, and I know – for what they get paid, that they're above and beyond for their job, like one five and one seven five. But it's like there's value for those guys out there, and you could take you know three million dollars off your cap and try to go somewhere else with it. And I, I don't know. I I just think that it's like I hope it's Lulu Amarillo. So one of two things is happening: either Lou is completely gone, volatile, and lost his mind. You know, the <laughs> Alzheimer's is kicked in. He, he forgot what he's doing. Or it was just a, a really bad year, and they couldn't shake the funk. I mean, there was nothing sh- shaken or shooken up from it. Lambert's still the coach. Yeah. Lou's still the GM. But I do think if they have a year like they did last year, something's going to change there drastically. Because, I mean, you need a for your franchise, 
you need to keep Barzell. And if nothing changes or if it's the same result, he's gone. They don't have all season. They have until, what, February to decide if they're going for it or not? Yeah, I'd say February the latest. They can't do another Tavares. No, they, they can't. So, I mean, as a Ranger fan, good good riddance. Fuck them. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> the last thing real quick is the Klingberg signing. One-year deal, $7 million to go to Anaheim. Surprising that he's going to find a way to make it work with Dallas, especially if he's only doing a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, but he joins Anaheim. Uh, they also brought in Strom. They brought in Vetrano. Uh, some of that Ranger pedigree should help him. And Let's see. They got Pad- goal. Pad Verbeek had an incredible offseason for a first-season GM. And all short-term deals, by the way. All short-term. And mind you, j- just throwing this out there as well, they have 16-5 on the cap Yeah, that they can still use. So say if Gib- uh, Gibbs, I'm sorry, Klingberg decides that he isn't going back there next year. That's seven off the cap. They'd be at $23 million in, in shit that they can go for. So I'm very surprised to see as to what happened. They just added Kulikov last week from Minnesota. Which I, I think he had a bad playoff, but he was all right in the top six last year. No, I mean, Klingberg, Fowler, Shattenkirk, Kulikov. And then when you get to the bottom part of it, you got Drysdale, you have Yerovakanainen. I'm just like wondering when you go into it for next year, at the end of this year, if Klingberg's gone, Shattenkirk is at the end of that UFA deal, and so is Kulikov. That is, that's like another fifteen million off your books. Yeah, like they could go into next year like ready to buy. They also and, need to bring in some young defensive talent. Like they put all their eggs in the up front, and now they're kind of struggling for some defensive prospects. Yeah, I agree. I'm wondering if that's why part of that money is going to be hashed out or saved for next year. I mean, who's to say, too, Adam Henrique has been on on the outs for the past two years there. I I think finally this year he's going to be traded somewhere, and hopefully that's for some defensive prospects coming back. Yeah, but I agree. I like Anaheim this year to be, be better. Um I know we're talking about young guys. The one guy I'm actually like not think not saying that he's better than anybody else, but just in terms of I like watching him play uh, in juniors and his highlights and everything is McTavish. I like McTavish, and last year he started up with the team before they sent him back. Yep. I'm wondering if. Uh... This should be, I don't want to say the prove-it year. I, I think Mason is staying with this team the whole year, but you come full circle as to everyone that's on that roster, especially of a young age. I mean, we have McTavish at 19, Zegris at 21, Terry and Jones both at 24, Comtois at 23. It's a very young core nucleus that they're trying to grow here. Yep. And I think McTavish, Zegris is uber talented and he brings a lot of eyeballs to sport because of how he uses his skills with the trick shots and everything. I think McTavish has a chance to be just better than Zagros. I I'll say McTavish, uh, he, he's like destined for the captaincy there. Yeah. So that's the kind of future 
that Anaheim's hoping to have, which, you know, good for them to build it. They didn't necessarily tank. They never truly burned it all down, and they still were able to bring in some good young talent and kind of turn the ship around a little bit. Um, the one last question before quickly going over our boys. Kadri signs seven years, $7 million a year. Rangers signed Trocek for seven years, 5.6 mil a year. Mm-hmm. You're telling me the Rangers would rather have kept that extra 1.4 mil and get the worst player. Like I, maybe Kadri didn't want to come to New York. Maybe he didn't want to sign for a seven mil to come to the Rangers. And it only worked out that way because he was still unsigned late into the summer. But man, give me fucking Kadri all day, every day over Trocek. When you hear the numbers. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Like, I said before the Rangers signed him, he's a nice player. He's not somebody that you sign ideally to a, a big free agent deal. And then the next day the Rangers signed him. Like, I hope it works out. I'm just not all that thrilled about, like we played Carolina in the playoffs. The most memorable, memorable thing Trocek did was his eyebrows raised after every play being like, Oh, are you kidding me to the ref? Like he did nothing. Like I'm tired of these like middle six forwards being paid like top line guys anytime the Rangers start competing. And I thought we were finally past that, but here we are. Here we are. Anyway, so your boys had a very slow summer until two days in August. <laughs> yeah, that, that everything seemed to change. Yeah. Um, my birthday to start signing everybody. Well, you know, the, why be in a rush? We already knew who we were getting. So... The, the one problem, at least right now, with the boys are we're 2.25. We'll, we'll call it 2.25 just, just to be a clear number, or 2.5. In the cap penalty right now, we're going to have to unload someone to be cap compliant for the year. Um, I The rumor was it was looking like Craig Smith. And I say only Craig Smith just because out of the guys that we were going to shop, his cap hit comes over. But he's also been of use, like... He's been a good player for us, so I think there is a market for Craig Smith, unlike Nick Foligno, where no one wants to take on that 3.8. <laughs> like, no, no one's even looking at that. Now, we go into it. We re-sign Bergeron. Krejci is back. I like the 1-2. I just don't know what to expect from David Krejci, who went over to the Czech Republic and is now coming back. I was going to ask, like, like, do you expect the same David Krejci no his last year in boston no i mean this is the thing though too david krejci all his time in general in boston has always been overshadowed by other people that were putting up points and so on and so forth but i mean david krejci himself i mean was a consistent i'd say just about a 60 point a year guy here and in boston apparently that goes unnoticed or, or not wanted but then when we get into the playoffs, he's basically a point-of-game player. So I think our biggest thing right now is to just get to the playoffs. And with the start that we're going to have, with Marchand out, with McAvoy out, with Grizzlick out, they're not expected back till about late November, December, the earliest. I just wonder if we're going to be able to sustain water long enough to make it to the dance. Now, I can see this season going a couple of ways. 
Fabian Lysel has been a top-notch prospect and has been talked about consistently everywhere. Now, if Fabian Lysel can come in and crack this lineup, now a right wing can be expend, expendable. That That's probably Craig Smith or however they do it. But if we have guys who are going to be out, it's like if this kid can come in and actually perform a top six role for us, he's a, I mean, you saw that goal. I say he scored in the World Juniors in August there in July. I was like, that kid sniped that puck. So now it's like if he can put pucks in the net, he's going to have a job. There, there's other kids that we're looking at too, and Johnny Beecher, uh, Georgie Merkulov. Like, can these kids come in and crack the lineup? Can Stelnika crack the lineup? And if they can, which I don't know, we have a lot of UFAs on this roster. So if we can transition, and I mean, it would have to be on the fly and at training camp, because if we're bringing other people up, like there are certain people that are on one-way deals here that we're not going to be able to send down to Providence. Yeah. So uh, we bring Zaka in. Okay, I think Zaka is going to be a very, uh, I think he's going to be a good player for us. I, like I think he's going to fit in. But if we can get someone to come in, one of those kids, okay, hey, Nick Felino. At this point, future considerations. Yeah. 3.8 off the cap. If Craig Smith is that guy that, like I said, he does have value because he has produced for us, great. Okay, 3.1 off the cap, so 3.36. So that would be just $7 million off the cap between the two of them. Boom. Cleared. Snap of a finger. Boom. We, <laughs> we bring in the, yeah, you know, like we bring in the kids. Bada bing, bada boom. And now we go the other way, and it's like, Okay, hey, I, I think one of these other kids is playing better than Thomas Nosick is. Okay, we ship Nosick out. That's another 1.75 off of the cap. Okay, we're good. So it's basically training camp and preseason is going to be evaluation to see what money you can clear out. Yeah, I, I think from a, just being able to decide as to if these guys honestly think these kids can make the jump and come up, I, I think that's one of it. And then if if we have to, quote-unquote, and we have to put someone on LTIR because we haven't activated anyone yet, we put McAvoy on LTIR, that's 9-5 we're saving. Yeah. But yet again, we have to clear space for him to come back. So regardless, we're going to be in this. And now it's like Mike Riley or Derek Forbert, one of them has to go. They, they, they give us the same thing. I mean, I'm looking at it now. I mean... Forward even has a modified no trade clause. So, I mean, Riley would be the guy who has $3 million this year and next year. It, I'm sure you could find a team for Mike Riley. Yeah, Riley's a solid third-pair guy. I think he's a great third-pair guy. I just think that right now we're going off of eight defensemen, and that's with the McAvoy on the cap hit. But once as we activate, you know, or if we put him, Grizzlick, and Marshy on IR... We have a lot of money to mess around with, but we still have to be cap compliant at some point. And then if we go to the D, like the bottom of pair guys, so Jack Akon has been one of those guys that has kind of come up and down for us. We okay. signed Connor Carrick as another one. We have Connor Clifton. We have Jakob Zaboral, who I thought he was finally starting to turn in a corner a little bit last year before he got that knee injury. So now it is... Can he be back to the player he was becoming before that knee injury? I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. He was slow to begin with. 
he he was slow to begin with, but he was finally starting to turn the corner. Like he could play left or right for us, which was big. He was playing his lines, keeping everything wide. And you know what? For a guy who's going to be a sixth, you know, fifth, sixth D man, that's all we need. Keep it wide. Take it in the shin pads. Keep them wide. Yeah. So and I'm just you guys, curious. You guys always six match the bottom six anyway. Yeah, that, that's that's basically been official. I mean, the only thing now. Like I brought up Craig Smith a couple of times is if Craig Smith does go out and we keep what was at one point the 11, 12, 13 line now, if 12's gone, are we still going to see the same production and improvement we were seeing out of Trent Frederick with somebody else now coming in? I don't know. I think Frederick, and this is an outsider's point of view, is at a fork in a road for his career. And what I mean by that is... Oh, no, this year is huge for him. You're not wrong. Like, either he's going to develop into a sandpaper, two-way, third-line forward who can sometimes slide up to the top six for a short period of time for, like, injuries. Or he's going to be a fourth-line, healthy scratch, like, middleweight goon, in my mind. You know what I mean? Like... No, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, I think sailing-wise for Frederick, it's a lot higher than pe- people anticipate. But it's like you said, he needs to decide as to which way he's going. Like last year when magically the, the three of them came together, it was like a, it was almost like eye-opening. You're like, th- like that's the kid that we drafted. Like he's yeah. hard on fucking pucks. He's he shooting pucks fit. at the net. That's his thing. And, yeah, and now I, I don't want to get to a coaching standpoint and say, was it Bruce? Was it not Bruce? But like, it seemed two years ago, there was an inconsistency from he would go out there, he would cause a ruckus, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, rumor came out, Cassidy didn't like that. And then he's a choir boy. He's not doing anything out there. And now he's in and out of the lineup. (laughs) And then last year, it seemed to be he was consistent, but he wasn't doing the shit he was doing before. So now he was, I don't know if he was off his game or you know, now he just knew that he couldn't fuck up because he'd be out of the lineup. And now we have Montgomery. So now with Montgomery, is he going to be one of those guys? Like from what I've seen and heard about Jim Montgomery, he's a player's coach, but he also expects a lot from the guys. Like, like it's like a twofer. Like, Hey, I, I like you guys. I'm going to be in your corner, but at the same time, like you got to give me all you got. That's all you can ask for as a player, like have my back and I, I wouldn't want to play for a coach that set no expectations for me. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. So, if I'm a, they're going to have to have an entry meeting with him. Yeah. And I, I think Montgomery's going to have to tell him, like, yeah, Trent, I think you're a fucking tough kid. Like, if you want to go out there and you want to fucking mix it up, go for it. But at the same time, you just can't get those shitty fucking holdings and tripping calls that you've been getting consistently. You're a big kid. Lean on them. If you knock them over, if you get two minutes for roughing for being stronger than somebody else, I don't care. Yeah. But I don't want this laziness that, or you come up and you high stick someone and now your arms are flaring like you're surprised. You high <laughs> stick them. It's a penalty. Like, like that's my thing. And it's like, as long as you can be square across the board, that's all I'm hoping for. Do you think, I know there's, varying timetables for returns for your core guys that are dealing with some injuries here. Let's say Christmas. Are you guys Mm -hmm. in the top three or four in the division? 
I don't think so. I think we need official. I think we need official like timetables, and and it's kind of been varied. Yeah, but I do believe Tampa is going to be there. Toronto is going to be there. Florida is going to be in the mix, and Ottawa and Detroit have both gotten significantly better. Yeah, it's almost so, like that. It's just not have a. If the gap is too big point wise, by the time all your guys are back, it's not going to matter. Like, no, and that's why I think then they have to start trading people away and kind of transitioning towards the kids, or at least opening up cap space and get the free agency and see what you can do. Yeah, like if you're ten points behind, let's say Ottawa, and they're in fourth place, you're not you're not making a playoff run. No, and that's why it's like, I just think that we need to see when guys are getting back and how they return, too. I mean, like, I'm not going to hold it over Brad Marchand's head if he doesn't have a good year after just getting both of his hips done. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's going to take probably at least a month to kind of get back up to game speed when he's back in the lineup. Yeah, so just off that. They said he'd be able to come back around Thanksgiving. So then if you give him a month, that's basically half the season's gone. You're basically you're basically at the Winter Classic. You're so at New Year's at Day. At the Winter Classic, and you're hoping Marshan's able to start turning it around then for the team can start making up some points here. It, it's a big ask. Yeah. It, it's a lot. So, like, I, that's why I just – I don't know. And you brought up the David Krejci thing. That's another thing that I don't know about, like – I honestly don't know what David Krejci's walking through that door, but I do know that if we can get to the playoffs, I'm not saying we're a playoff team. I'm saying if we can get to the playoffs, David Krejci has always been a difference maker there. Let me ask So you maybe that. it's just getting to the dance. If I mean, at this point, if you guys are able to make it, even as the last wild card team, but you make it and you're healthy, I'm not, I have no intention of wanting any part of you in the first round. Like. <laughs> I don't know, and, and I think I, I and I think that's been our like the, just our talk right now. I think that's all it's been. It is being if we can survive up until that point, and we can come back healthy as a te- as a healthy team. I think we're a lot different than what yeah. we're talking about the first two months of the year. Yeah, like there's no way I, if the Rangers are good and they, let's say they win a division, and the first round matchup is against a healthy Bruins team with Bergeron, Krejci, Marchand, Swayman. Yeah, McAvoy and Hank Lindholm. There's no way I want any part of that. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's just where I'm at. We, we just got to figure out that. And well, let as me long as, then. yeah, I, I was gonna say, well, we'll talk in you know March and yeah. we'll see how we're doing. Let me ask you this though: the wrap up Boston. Mm-hmm. I think we're on the same wavelength. Like they're just hold water until everybody gets back and gets going here. Probably a wild card team. Uh, because of the injuries, who finishes with more points, Boston or Seattle? See, Seattle doesn't have to be that good in that bad of a division. Boston, <laughs> easy, easy question. Um, I'll move it over to our boys in New York. Um, I mean, for the most part, this offseason was relatively calm. Uh, we lost a couple guys. We had to say goodbye to Cops, Strom, and Vertrano in our forward group. Um, we got rid of Nemeth, thank God, uh, from the back end. And then, you know, Mr. Soft at Heart, 
good-natured Alexander Georgiev was traded to Colorado. Um, so really what the Rangers ended up doing, they signed Trochuk, like I already mentioned, to replace Strom. Um, he brings in a different type of game than Strom did. Um, so we'll see how that works out. I, I'm sure he's going to produce offensively playing with Panarin. Like, if I played with Panarin, I'd put up 30 points. <laughs> so I'm sure Trochuk's going to put up be fine offensively and hopefully his face-off skills help us because that's been the area of difficulty for the Rangers since, I don't know, I was six. Um, so I, ju- I just think he's the term is too long for Trochuk. I don't think the five and a half million a year is bad. Um, I'm just not thrilled about seeing him into his mid-30s. Uh, so, But outside of that, it was mainly just bringing in Halak and Goal to back up Igor. Um, you trade Nemo, so that opens up the uh, spot on the third pair next to Schneider. looks like Zach Jones is going to get that uh, to start training camp, see if he can hold on to that spot. Um, but really, the, what the Rangers ended up doing is their top nine is set, pretty much. You're going to have Kreider, Sibanejad, and Lafreniere, your first line. Panarin, Chocek, and Kako, your second line. Blay, Heedle, and Krasos, your third line. You might move one of those two guys to different spots, but those are your top nine. What the Rangers ended up doing for the fourth line is they basically have 10 guys for three spots and one or two healthy scratches. You have Goodrow, who's guaranteed a spot, but then you have Hunt, Carpenter, Reeves, uh, VCs on a PTO, Tim Gettinger, Bobby Trevino, uh, Gustav Rydal, um, is going to be beat, uh, battling for a spot. Johnny Bradzinski, yeah, Revo. So it's like out of those 10 guys, you need four or five. And it's just mm-hmm. determining who f- those four or five are. Um, they're playing a four offline and be some depth, piece, depth pieces. Um, and then on the back end, like I said, you have Jones, who has a leg up in a competition right now. Behind him is Hayek and Robertson. Um, break glass in case of emergency. You have Tenorti, um, in Hartford. Lundqvist is on his way out. Either the Rangers trade him before camp or he's going back to Sweden. He's not playing with the Rangers just because there's no spot for him. You have Schneider, Truba, and Fox on the right side. Where is he playing? Um, so we'll see what happens with that. That's the only area I think the Rangers still need to sign somebody for camp is a veteran seventh defenseman type who will either win that job or go to Hartford um, and be a piece that you can call up during the season. Because right now I'm not too confident in Hayek being our seventh day. But that's really the only spot that I see the Rangers potentially still working on. Maybe that's they trade Lundqvist for. Uh, they bring in another young defenseman who's a lefty shot who can be seventh day, we'll see. But that's the Rangers right now. Like It's basically just... The season is going to hinge on the three young right wingers, Lafreniere, Kako, and Krausoff. Like, if the playoffs were a harbinger of things to come or just a blip, and they're going to go right back to how they were producing last year. If that's the case, the Rangers are not going to be doing all too well. See, that, that was one of my questions for you is when you regarded the wingers. I mean, Lafreniere took a little bit to get going last year, but then when he finally came out of the gates, definitely becoming the player that yeah i I think he's going to have a very good year now 
the big question mark here in Kako. I mean, like, what is the final endpoint with him? If he know. comes out and he's shit again, I mean, you'd have to think at this point he's probably getting dealt if it's getting as bad as it was. Now, you have Sammy Blay coming back from the injury. Like, what are you going to get there? That, that That's another question mark. Now, you brought up your back end, and I agree with you. I, I think that 7th D spot is a little question mark. Maybe that 6th one, too, with Braden Schneider. I mean, he didn't blow me out of the water, but you got Keandre, you got Fox, you got Truba. Lindgren's a huge question mark. How much time is he going to miss this year? Because it seems like he can never <laughs> be healthy. And then... Igor, I mean, we all know the year he had last year, but if Igor stumbles even a little bit compared to the pace he was on last year, I think your outlook is definitely altered from what he gave you last year. Last year it was, don't worry, Igor will shut the door. Don't worry, Igor has us. Don't worry. But it's like, if he is at any point, I don't want to call it a sophomore slump, but if it's anything like he hiccups a little bit from last year, I, I don't think it's the same team. You're, you're expecting a lot more out of your offense than you got last year. And so, is Kreider going to produce more? Zabanajad? Well, I mean, you need Kreider to produce more. I mean, I know he got 40 goals. I mean, there were 40 well, tippins. Can he scores. actually shoot a puck? He got 50 goals last year. I don't think he's. Yeah. He's can he shoot a? Can he shoot? Though. Can he shoot a puck though? <laughs> I mean, as long as he's within five feet of the net, he's good. Um, that's the thing, though, where last season before the deadline, we were playing Dryden Hunt on our second line. We were playing Kevin Rooney on our third line because of an injury and also a lack of depth. Now the Rangers have the opportunity to have legitimate all six positions in the top six being offensively talented and belonging there. The thing that concerns, like, let's say, okay, Kako still isn't developing through training camp in, let's say, the first 10 games of the season. There's going to be two things that happen there. One, you, now it's required that Krasov is producing because then he's going to have to slide up to the top six. Mm-hmm. With Kako, he, he got healthy scratched the last game of the year. That already should, and Gallant can talk about all he wants about. We were just trying to find the best team. We were trying to switch some things up. He was part of that kit line that was carrying arrangers for stretches. If that didn't earn him trust, if he's not producing 10 games into the year, Gallant's not playing him the rest of the year. Yeah. Except for injury. Like, Gallant's not here to fuck around. And if you produce, you play. Lafreniere's, I'm expecting. Big things from Lafreniere this year, um, especially getting consistent top six minutes. Last year, he was on a third, fourth line every game. Um, no power play time, and he almost scored 20 goals. So that's the thing. You got to hope that Lafreniere's production ticks up because Kreider's not scoring 40-plus this year. So right there, you're losing 20 goals. You got to hope Kako develops. Is he going to be a 30-goal guy? Hell no. But if he can play a Nichuskin style of game in your top six, I will gladly take that. Uh, but I mean, he, he's not that heavy of a player, though. Like, Nichuskin's a fire hydrant. Like, Capo ain't that. He's long and lanky. Nah, that's the thing. He's like, over the course of the season, like, 
I mean, yeah, he's not going to outbattle like um, the Victor Hedmans of the world, but he's surprisingly strong along the boards. Like that's why that kid line worked because he did the digging, and then he would get it to Lafreniere, who was a playmaker who set up the Heedle, who was a shooter. Like it just clicked. I think Kako, especially playing on a line with Panarin and Trocheck, that's going to be his job: is being in on forecheck, use his body, and that's one of the things that he was drafted for is they would always say one of his trademarks is his ability to uh, play below the face-off circles. Well, he's going to have to lean into that. If he scores 15 goals this year and helps and earns his keep on a second line, that's fine by me. I don't need him to be the 30 goal guy. That's what I'm expecting at a Lafreniere, 25, 30 goals. I just need him to help make that second line run. I can't do a second line with fucking Dryden Hunt again. <laughs> like it can't happen. So yeah, this is it for Kaka. This is make or break in New York. This is kind of like a pull Yarvi uh, situation where we're giving you chances. The coaching staff started to lose a little bit of trust there. If he doesn't have a solid start to begin the year, he's going to fall down a depth chart real quick. Now I, I could be foreshadowing way, way too far in advance here, but just looking at the end of the year, you you guys still have a lot of guys that are under contract going into next year. Yeah. Does it make you a little nervous with the RFAs that are coming up? Because, I mean, you're going to have to pay a couple of them. Keandre. Heedle's, up. I would say Keandre, Heedle, Lafreniere, Gauthier. I don't think he's going to cost you too much. Gauthier's uh, before the season starts. No, I don't know. I think you keep him around just for a little weight. He's a big boy. He's he's a body. He does shit. And then you got Lieber Hayek too. It's like I just feel like a couple of these guys you're gonna have to pay. I know you got Revo, UFA, and Sammy Blay. I mean Dryden Hunt and Ryan Carpet. I really don't count. They're league minimum there. Yeah. But it's like, do you think someone else might have to be shipped out afterwards just to kind of make it a little bit more cap compliant? So. Heedle, let's say he runs away with that 3C job. He's a bridge deal guy. He'll get three, three and a half mil, two years, buy us some time. Lafreniere, if he has a season, I expect the Rangers are going to try him locking up long term, like what Ottawa just did with Timmy. Mm-hmm. But that's another seven, eight million dollar year forward with the group that's already has Trocek, already has Kreider, already has Panarin, and already has Mika. And now I have a question to ask you before you go further with that. Just looking off of pay scale, right? Yep. You have Troche at just about five, well, a little bit more than five and a half, Kreider at six and a half, Mika eight and a half, Artemi at 11.6. Do you think, and I mean, I think Lafreniere is very young. Uh, I think he likes where he is in New York. I think you have a kid here who would be willing to probably not go eight, but I mean, maybe he goes Kreider six and a half for however long. I mean, it definitely saving you money, you know, a little, a little team friendly there, but still going to cost something. Yeah, that cap going up is one year too late for the Rangers. Yeah. They need it next offseason. Um, I mean, the good news is you would get all the dead cap out with the buyouts for three and a half off the books, which is nice. Yeah, so I think they ran a, a – there's still one other point I want to address, but I think they ran a math hypothetically giving 
Lafreniere six and Heedle three and a quarter, and then uh, cut ties Taco, with everybody else. Taco getting three and a half or something like that. Miller getting four times four. Okay, I think well, maybe it was four times two. With all with the buyouts coming off the books, Reeves being gone, things like that. With those guys signed, it left the Rangers with like one point one mil. I thought you were gonna say one point one dollars, like a yeah. dollar and ten cents left off the cap. But here's the thing: I don't. Those are all very team friendly deals. I don't think you can expect to get all those deals. Here's my hot take. Now, this could change based on this, the season that we have. But I think the Rangers are gonna have to make a decision on Panarin next summer. Interesting. Okay. Because his play in the playoffs in late last season left a lot to be desired. Rumors were jury talked to him at the end of the uh, season and their discussion did not go very well. And it almost approached the point of jury asking him for a list of teams he would accept a trade to. Taking that out of the equation, he's going to be entering his age 32 season next year. The year after this year, his 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 advanced stats and his metrics are already starting to decline. He's a perimeter player by nature. Even if you eat half of his money, that gives you money to play with. And then if Lafreniere has a year I expect him to have, you can just slide him over to second line left wing. Um, a lot depend. The future, the next five years of the Rangers is going to depend on what we get out of Hedl, Lafreniere, Kako, and Krasov this year. Because if they develop, that's going to open up a lot of opportunities and wiggle room for the Rangers. If they don't, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the back end, Miller, like that's the thing with Lindgren. You know, people talk about maybe moving him out with his $3 million cap hit. But again, if you move him and you move Miller up to play alongside Fox and then Truba's playing with let's say Zach Jones even a third pair defenseman is going to cost three million dollars so you're not going to replace Lundgren you're not going to save any money so there's no point in getting rid of him besides that he can't walk or move in this well that's the thing Rangers only gave him that three year extension they didn't assign him long term they know for a good time not a long time (laughs) so we'll see I mean I feel this upcoming year has the feeling of Stanley Cup or bust, which always makes me queasy as a Rangers fan. Um, but your point about Shesterkin, they said some computer model. If with the current roster and expected production, and this was only giving like 20 goals to Lafreniere, 10 goals to Heedle, like they, they weren't juicing up the numbers. If his numbers fell off by 25%, the Rangers still finished second in the division because of the boost offensively. So I'm not as confident in that, but let's say it falls off 10%. Let's say he ends the year with... Let's try and spitball some numbers here. A 2-2-5 save percentage. And a nine ten, uh, sorry, two two five goals against nine fifteen save percentage. 
do you, where do you see the Rangers as uh, in the standings in that division? See that that division's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and like, and, and I mean it in all sincerity because it's like Pittsburgh just seems to go to the well every year and still drink the same water and end up, you know, the way that they are. They're the Patriots at this point, until proven it, otherwise. Yeah, um, you have Washington there, definitely a lot older. But I, I still think cons- I was gonna say I, I still think consistent enough. You have Carolina there, who I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but but still a good team. How about so that Pat Reddy deal? Around. Already out till February. Uh, well, I mean that's probably why they knew ahead of time not to give nothing in the deal. I know, but and then was kissing their ass like, oh, what a smart organization! You got him for nothing. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, and then you have Columbus, where I think. Got a lot better. I think Jersey got a lot better, but I, I, I don't trust Jersey after whatever it was two years ago. I thought they got significantly <laughs> better, and the last two years they've been kind of killing me a little bit. That goaltending dude is ugh. And then Philadelphia. I mean, I think Philly with Tortorella is going to be a lot better of a team. I, I still think there's a lot more they have to go through growing wise. I mean, that they definitely lost people there and Giroux. And I, I think that that's going to be something for torts to legitimately go in there and build his torts system. I think this I mean, is going to be a learning year. I think next the year they'll be better. And the Islanders, I mean, they could either have a really good team or a really bad team. Yeah. They couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh man, I'm nervous. This because with the way the cap is, like, if the kids don't play well for us, we're fucked. And I, yeah. I don't like being in that position, man. Like, all my eggs are in that basket, and you can't you can't fuck up a core of Mika. Like, you have a Norris Trophy winner. You have a Vesner Trophy winner. You have a guy who was basically almost league MVP two years ago in Panarin. You have Mika, who finally elevated into an elite tier. You have Kreider, who basically is the with Truba, like the co-captains of this team. You can't not be good. You can't put all your eggs in Kappa Kaka, man. Like I don't. Uh, I know it's a cap, and you got to pick your battles. But I'm nervous. If, if I, it's off, I don't blame you. Good dude. I, I don't blame you in the least. If, but if it pays off of Lafreniere and one of Kravtsov and Kako, like, they're going to be really good. But if not, they're going to be a bubble team. It's a hit or miss, pal. Yeah, so we'll get into it in much more detail over the coming weeks. But our my summer was pretty calm. I was basically trying to figure out who was going to replace Strom and what kind of four-flying guys we bring in, and that's what they did. Thank God for Vincent Trocheck. Uh, do you think VC makes the team? Yes, I do. I think- e- even if even if it's just a scratch, yep. I, I think they would keep Jimmy as that thirteenth, fourteenth uh, up front. Yeah, no reason to get rid of cheap depth. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. I, I think that that would be something that you know, even if they give them league minimum, I, I think that is money well spent for a kid who's. I mean, this would be what his fifth year in the league. Who, maybe VC? maybe VC. I think it's his sixth year. Let's see, Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. That's three Buffalo, Buffalo New Jersey. Yes, yeah, so that was the swing year. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So this would be his seventh year if he makes the team. Yeah, 
and he doesn't do anything well. Like he doesn't do one thing stand out, but he does like everything decent. What was funny when VC was coming up and around here, he, he was a very big name between uh, Harvard and, you know, Hockey East and the Bean Pot and all that. I went to a game and I saw him at Merrimack and I was extremely surprised as to how big he was. Yeah. <laughs> like, like tall, like granted, I know the Merrimack ice sheet just, it, it's built different than if you were at like BU or BC. It, it almost seems like you're more a little bit like on top of the glass there, a little over it. And you're like, wow. Like just the speed he had then and, the talk when he was with Nashville, like go well, drafted by Nashville as to when he was going to play and yada, yada, yada before he signed with you guys. But as to how big and how speedy he was and don't get me wrong, hockey, well, he wasn't even hockey East, but the, the Ivy league ECAC going to the NHL is a, is a very big jump. I, I get that. I'm, I'm not naive, but it was just like, wow, he, he seemed that good there. And to kind of fall off a little bit, I was just like, I expected a little bit more, but yeah. I mean, as for his consistency, I mean, as for what you guys asked for, I mean, shoots the puck, he plays hard. I mean, he's not scared to fight and stick up for himself. I think that's a perfect role for him. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are basically asking him to be better than Dryden Hunt and Kevin Rooney. Yeah, and so, I mean, hey, if the game's fast, guess what? Revo's not playing, you are. <laughs> yeah, like, it's going to be like a fourth line of... VC on the left, Goodrow at center, and let's say Carpenter on the right, like who played for uh, Gallant in Vegas. Like, that's not a bad fourth line. No, should be able to put pucks in. Yeah. So, anyway, I have a prediction about the fourth line that I'll save for our preview. All right. You, do you have any shout outs? Little, little summer shout outs? Oh, man. Yeah. End of summer. Football started. Labor Day's passed. A little chill in the air. I don't like it. Um, get, get in there, pal. Uh, no specific shout-outs. I guess it's just with football started, now it's like, and, you know, I've seen a yellow school bus is out this week for the first time here in New York. It's, all right, hockey, hockey's right around the corner. And it's weird what how the mindset changes just because of the name of the month. For August Hockey was like the furthest thing from like my mind. And now all of a sudden it says September and it's like, all right, training camp previews. We're getting there. <laughs> roster battles. For, and it's just like, yeah. I, I like being in that mindset. So all right. I'll give a shout out to you. How about that? For making it back from a summer of travel, hard work and beer drinking. That, that's fair. I think you hit all three <laughs> on the head. Uh, let's see. Shout outs. I, I now have a five-year-old. M- Miss Emma is now five. I can't believe she's five, dude. Um, she went out the other day. I don't know if it's like a proud father moment or like a, like, oh, wow. So she finally decided on her own. She wanted to get her ears pierced. Uh-oh. So we took her. And um, so, you know, pierced? we we have to show. Oh, geez. No, no, no. <laughs> But it's like it was funny. So like we had to show like a birth certificate to confirm her age, that were her parents, blah blah blah. And then um, it was funny because they asked her to like sign the iPad too for like her, <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. like 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 her consent. And it was funny. So like she put her her name on there, and it was like so. And she's like so proud of it. And it's dude, I was there with her, and she'll come home every day off the bus and be like, I got my ASPS. I'm like, 
I know. I, <laughs> like, like, I held your hand when it happened. <laughs> like, but I was just like, at school when she meets a new student, uh, like, hi, my name is Emma. I got my ear pierced. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's in school now. So she's loving life. And, um, yeah, man, all is well. It, it's been very busy, but, uh, just happy, just happy the way everything's going. Uh, very busy summer, like you said, between travel and work and everything else, but, winding down and then before we get back into the winter swing of things and we'll be out plowing oh man it just it it doesn't end from one thing to the next thing to the other thing to back to this thing and and we're off and uh cammy's playing hockey so he started uh we have practice it was tuesday thursday but before we went online it looked like uh they just changed all his nights to tuesday wednesday and then Saturday morning practices mixed in with Saturday and or Sunday morning games plus yeah. power skating on Sunday afternoon. So Bring back um, some memories. Yeah, kids killing it, man. Kids killing it. I will say my my one non-hockey related prediction, you talked about like the winter and having to plow and everything. Your boy here will not be dealing with any snow this winter. I guarantee you that. God bless, man. God bless you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Will we record next week? Who knows? But we will record, guaranteed, by the end of the following week, do one of our first divisional previews here. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something. Well, we, we have. let's start out in the Pacific, and that way you and I can argue again about Seattle. You know, I'm going to have to go and look at all these things and really break shit down accordingly and, you know, just, just to get through your disrespect of my Seattle Kraken. Let me so. ask, ask you before we go. Mm-hmm. Veneers and Wright, mm-hmm. over the course of their career, who will have the better career? Personally, I think Berniers. Okay. I, I think he's a bigger forward, okay. which will allow him to do a little bit more. All right. I was just curious who you kind of had as your, your like 1C, 2C type. No, I, I just think for his size, it makes it a lot easier for him to also be like transferable though, right? Like you could say, oh, he's a bigger body. He could be a 2C, yeah. he could be a 3C. But I mean, when he was going into the draft, uh, he, he was kind of predicted as, you know, a Patrice Bergeron S type where he was very solid defensively. You know, he could play a little bit of a rough and tumble game due to his size, but he could also contribute offensively. And I'm like, hey, th- that sounds good to me. I'd, I'd like one of those on my team with even probably after. Yeah. All right. We'll get into it next episode. All right. Thank God. And everybody, as always, go Seattle. Just just go. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you guys soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. I got my head out this sunroof. I'm blasting my favorite tunes. I only got one thing on my mind. You got me stuck on the thought of you. You're making me feel brand new. You're more So let me show it You are exactly what I want Kinda cool and kinda not Wanna give myself to you Yeah, we're driving down the freeway at night I only got one thing in the back of my mind I'm feeling like this might be my time To shine with you, with you, with you I got my head out this sunroof
I'm blessed. 